friends. Welcome to the Lug Life Podcast. My name is Adam. My name is Sherry. Sherry Beth, what episode is this? 114. And this is going to be a fun one. Yes. Because for the last few days, we have had uh, your cousin Abby here. Yes. And technically by marriage, my cousin as well. Our cousin. It's always weird because I'm like, is it? Because I feel like when I say your cousin, I'm rejecting the fact that, <laughs> I'm rejecting the fact that we're related. That my family is also your family now. Yeah. It is only Sherry's family. I have no ties to them. Um, and... One of the things we wanted to do with her while she is here mm-hmm. is record a podcast. Yes. And so, gosh darn it, we are doing that. And this was uh, Abby's idea. Because it's like, well, what do you talk about? Yeah. She actually sent us a list of ideas <laughs> that was honestly super helpful. And what we have decided on uh-huh. was to do an AMA and ask me anything. I had to ask what that meant. Yeah. Sherry was like, what's an AMA? <laughs> what's I'm an like, AMA? Uh, please don't ever say that again. <laughs> um, so, uh, so we sat down at dinner and we came up with 10 questions. Abby does not know any of these. Correct. We have not shown her any of these, but we do want to kind of introduce her a little bit. We sure do. Mm-hmm. Am I doing that? You just looked at me. We, I, I could do that. I want she's you to... my cousin. So she's... <laughs> First of all, she's our cousin. How dare you? Um, you do that. Okay. Uh, so Abby is my cousin. She Thanks is... for the introduction, Sherry. <laughs> Her father is my father's youngest brother. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, we grew up together, but there is an age gap. So How how old is the age gap between you two? Because I don't know that I know this. 12, 12 years? Mm, something like that. You were born in 93 and yep. I was born in 81. Interesting. Yep. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, yep. And you two grew up near each other yeah we did i wouldn't say we grew up together right we We grew up at the same ish time yeah Mm -hmm. in the same ish family in in the same ish region of the united states (laughs) so So that's all cleared up yeah wow you guys are killing this podcast thing super clear for everybody we grew ish up together ish Mm -hmm. Ish. yes so abby grew up in kentucky yes still lives there yep and Sherry grew up obviously in Indiana, as most of you know. I don't still live there. You do not, and you do not still live there. <laughs> um, which, which is good. It would make recording podcasts hard if you did. It would. And marriage. And I marriage. Suppose also. And marriage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're going to just jump into the questions. Yep. And <clears throat> when choosing these questions, Sherry and I wanted to kind of touch on a lot of the things that. Uh, we know about Abby, mm-hmm. um, some things about her that, um, like aspects of her life, areas of knowledge that just kind of are, <laughs> are known to us about her. Her facial expression right now is like, oh dear God. She's very confused. Oh no. Uh-oh. I'm out. Yeah. Okay guys, we're going to cut right now. <laughs> so the first one, and as we ask some of these questions, we will tell you a little bit more about Abby and maybe why we chose this. Yeah. The first uh, question, so Abby's married and has two kids. Mm-hmm. Your kids are how old? Uh, three and five, but almost four and six. Okay. And one of the things that um, we have appreciated about watching from a distance, because when family is not close, you kind of have to observe their life. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we have loved uh, is just watching Abby be a mom. And so the first couple of questions are kids related. Okay. How have you changed because of having kids? Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's and not uh, That's a loaded we, question. We need a comprehensive list. Give us every way that you've changed. <laughs> <laughs> no, which like maybe even like the biggest one or like a couple big ones. Ways that you're different. Um 
honestly, I feel like the biggest way that I have changed since having kids is being drastically more self-aware. Mm-hmm. Um, I... I just, anytime I say anything to them or do anything for them or have to walk them through anything, I'm reminded of either how I do it or, I don't know. I'm just, I'm very aware of, of myself, mostly like mentally, emotionally, more so than I ever was before having kids. Mm. Um, and I know that's like not necessarily the norm. I think it's common, but maybe not the norm. Um, but I think it's definitely helped, especially with my kids in particular who are very, they're very much like me in a lot of ways. And they're very, they're very intelligent and a very, very emotional, um, which actually makes it really important that I'm self-aware because I have to, be self-aware to have some understanding of what they're going through. Um, I, I am, I'm much more organized. Oh yeah. (laughs) Mentally and physically. Um, and I, I'm more committed to things like everything goals that I set for myself, but also just like daily life things that, prior to having kids just if they didn't get done or didn't happen it was fine um but since becoming a mom like if I plan on doing something or need to do something or say I'm going to do something it usually gets done yeah like unless it's just really unimportant it it gets done and that did not happen before having kids like I just huh yeah Sherry what's it like having um like a younger cousin you were raised near ish <laughs> like watching uh, semi adjacent to <laughs> semi adjacent to watching a younger cousin become a mom and like grow up um i <clears throat> love it because again there's like 12 year age gap and i left indiana at the age of 21 um and so i don't do math well you're n- nine ten nine something, something like, that. like that in that ballpark <laughs> sure i don't math but <laughs> i don't um math. so you were still a kid and so it's been really fun watching you grow into an adult and watching you step into motherhood yeah um so the next question kind of stays in the same area um one of the things and i've told i've told abby this a lot um we've been talking a lot especially since like my mom had cancer earlier last year um i see similarities in the way that you mother in the same ways that like there's a lot of similarities between my mom like just in values and the way you approach things the way you approach being a mom and and values you want to pass off which i've super appreciated watching um what is one like the one lesson if it's like i i can impart one thing to my kids that will be true about the humans that they become what would that lesson be that you would want to pass on um Probably like one of the biggest lessons I've learned myself that I feel like I'm attempting to teach my kids um, is that repairing is very important. Hmm. Um, You know, I, I would love to be one of the parents that doesn't 
yell or that doesn't say the wrong thing often or that always knows the right thing to say or that doesn't blow up. Um, but I'm just not. Um, I feel like that's kind of rare and to those who are big kudos. Right. Um, but I do. I, I yell. I blow up. I say the wrong thing. Um, and I just think that one of the most important things that I've learned and kind of use not just with my kids but with with friends and family and everyone else is is it doesn't matter so much how you do something or if you mess up um but how you approach the moments and days afterwards yeah um because you just you can't necessarily prevent yourself from messing up or doing the wrong thing um and so just the importance of and not really repairing, uh, just responding, paying more attention to my response over my reaction. Yeah. I think that, again, we don't have kids, but I feel like a lot of parenting is more like what your kids, like what's caught and not necessarily taught. It's it's what they see you live out, not necessarily just what you try to drill into them. Yeah. And... To me, even just like hearing you talk about that, um, if you are raised in a house where your mom or your dad seems perfect and there's no errors, there's no blowing up, there's no losing your temper, there's no any of that kind of stuff, I feel like one of the things that's hard in that is that when you do that, as almost all of us do, <laughs> right. you feel like a failure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But instead, like what you're teaching your kids by responding well when you do that is that that's going to happen it's okay when it happens and i can like i can choose better next time or i can be quick to say i'm sorry i can be quick to you know what i mean to to own my mistakes repair like you said yeah Yeah. i actually think repair is a really great word in that that it leaves room for freedom of self-expression um whether that be instinctual or or thought out um Mm. yeah that's that's been a big thing for me i guess and even it's hard for me sometimes sometimes i'm like i i really don't understand why you're upset about this why you're reacting this way why you're angry why you're crying and i want to shut it down (laughs) like my instinct my my reaction is to shut it down and sometimes i honestly i feel like i do um but after the fact, if, if that is my initial reaction, I usually try to, you know, let them know I, I probably didn't react well to that. That was not hmm. the best response. Um, I could have responded better. This is what I could have done. And also, this is why I got upset. Or this is why I, you know, reacted that way. But it wasn't, I always try to say it wasn't your fault. Like, yeah. you're, y- you are not responsible for my emotions. I actually use that phrase a lot. You are not responsible for my emotions. I had this emotion in response to this situation. I had this response after this situation, uh, but you did not cause it. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though sometimes I don't necessarily think that in the moment, like my thoughts are, oh my goodness, you're driving me insane. Uh, you're making me so mad. What you're doing is making me really sad. It's hurting my feelings. Hmm. Um, In reality, 
they don't cause my feelings. They, they are not responsible for how I feel about a situation or how I respond to the situation. That's right. Um, they are not responsible for any of my feelings or reactions. I am responsible for that. Um, so I think that, I think that's a big mindset in helping me do just that, like repair and respond after reacting. Yeah. So good. Um, so I think that the, yeah, that in combination with just, just making sure that my kids know, um, because it's been important for me to learn slash unlearn, um, that it is completely okay to have feelings. Mm-hmm. You can't, you can't not, um, you're going to no matter what. And if you don't express them in one way or another, they're going to come out somehow. And yeah. it's likely going to be really unhealthy if you're trying to not let them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. Um, next question, <clears throat> a little lighter. <laughs> First memory of Sherry. Oh man. Um, honestly, the first like, like real memory with detail is what we talked about the other day when Mm -hmm. you you asked if we had ever hung out. Um, Whoa. You guys, I don't know if you, I don't know if the microphone picked that up. Missy just made an appearance on the podcast. Sherry gave her some wet food and she puts it up on this little ledge. And Missy was going ham. And just knocked it off. And knocked it off. Onto the tile floor. It did not break, but it clanged. Wow. Thanks, Missy. Don't worry. We're just recording a podcast here. (laughs) So, as as Abby was saying, the other day, I I think I asked, or or one of us asked. I think I asked. I was, because I was was trying to think of, like, have we ever just, like, hung out? Like, we've gone to family reunions Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, obviously grew up-ish near ish <laughs> to each other ish but like i we i was like have we ever just like hung out yeah no that, <laughs> I, I think that the first like i mean there's probably some vague memories of family gatherings sure uh, i mean full memories of family gatherings vague memories of like our interactions at them um but the first real legitimate memory i have with you um would be a a family gathering probably christmas um sometime around when do we when did we figure out it was somewhere in my junior year of high school yeah so i think that you decided you were six or seven years old something like that yeah um because i remembered the the student you all had there joanna yes for mm-hmm. student yep um and i remember uh, you, we did puzzles together, puzzles and or maybe games. Um, but my guess is you probably got instructed, <laughs> instructed <laughs> to go entertain the child. <laughs> I probably volunteered. <laughs> got you away but from the family gathering. Yeah, yeah. I um, I honestly, I you know, I, I can't remember like specific details, but I remember just. Uh, I remember enjoying that we we went off and did puzzles and games, which did not happen that often at like family gatherings. Usually, I was and my kids were just kind of told to mm-hmm. go play. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know if I have like a first memory of you. I um, I know that at like the family gatherings, so there was kind of an age gap 
between I was I feel like I was sort of like stuck in the middle but there was sort of an age gap between like the oldest cousin and the youngest cousin yes and not um, sort of there was there is is (laughs) a large age gap a large one um and being kind of in that middle I never really felt like I was old enough to like hang out with the older kids but not young enough to hang out with the younger kids yeah but I often volunteered to hang out with the younger kids because I could I felt like I fit with that better like I, I could play and I could color and I could put puzzles together and um and so I I actually enjoyed doing that i do feel like our older cousins often like swooped in and they're like no no we're gonna take care of the littles you don't need to be here and then i was often off by myself with a book or something because i was needed nowhere we got this i know (laughs) um but i yeah i always enjoyed hanging out with my younger cousins Hmm. um next question favorite memory of growing up oh my gosh um (laughs) favorite memory of growing up that's a that's that's a broad broad and loaded question (laughs) um (laughs) i don't welcome to the podcast (laughs) hello Hello, friends friends. (laughs) the whole time while i was thinking of that i do want to say the whole time she's been here i have heard her say hello friends no less than a hundred thousand welcome to my life Hello, friends. <laughs> like it has been the constant greeting in our house the last several days. It's made me laugh every time. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, or a good I, memory. I don't. I'm gonna be really honest, yeah. and and I, <clears throat> and I've talked to my mom a little bit about this. Um, I I don't have a whole lot of specific memories of like childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, like some vague ones here and there. Um, and traditions, like things that happened every year, um, like Christmas. I, I can remember what we did almost every year at Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, uh, you know, 10 years ago, I might have said something different. Yeah. But I would say my favorite memories of childhood um, are the kind of uh, freedom of play that we had. Um, that was just encouraged, uh, like like going out in the yard and either making up or pulling games from school that that we learned. Um, me and Hannah and Joel and sometimes Daniel and those are his siblings. <laughs> those are my siblings. <laughs> um, and our cousins. We had cousins in town, non Amstutz cousins. Um, mom's side of the family. <laughs> you, you had, had other, other cousins? cousins? What? <laughs> How dare you? Stop recording. Get out. Stop recording. <laughs> um, yeah, my mom's sister's kids. Um, but I, the, the memories that I do have from childhood that aren't like school related are mostly around just playing, like outside playing or playing at my grandma's house with toys in the living room mm-hmm. and just not you know, not being particularly guided by parents, but not being um, restricted, I guess, just playing. Um, And even as I got older, like upper elementary school and middle school, like riding my bike around the neighborhood and just playing and imagining with friends. And um, I think partially just because I, I have those memories and and there aren't 
a lot that I don't, but partially because being a mom in 2024, um, and seeing how that is just kind of dwindling a little bit and not just because of parenting styles. I mean, I think that is one part of it. There's, there's, there's a new push for encouragement of imaginative play, but it's like more guided and um has more guidelines um and you know people want their kids to have a have a certain type of imagination or imaginative play or they want it to be an educational specific Hmm. imaginative play which honest honestly is a little (laughs) contradictory um but part of it is just how the world is like it's just not as you know, I want to say not as safe, but it's some things are not necessarily not as safe. It feels less safe. Yeah. Um, it doesn't feel as comfortable to just think about letting my kids play out in the front yard and being able to like go in and make dinner while they're out in the front, Mm -hmm. um, or to let them scooter around the neighborhood or even up and down the street. Um, and I, you know, live in a pretty safe neighborhood. So, I think, I think whether that's, you know, I, I honestly can't tell you what like the best memory from childhood is, but that those are the memories that I have come to appreciate, uh, especially in the last you know, six years of parenthood are just the simple memories, especially when they pop into my head when I see my kids playing, um, of, of just freely playing. Um, I remember the, the game, the game Spud. I have no idea. Maybe a it Kentucky thing. Maybe a but Midwest you're have to thing. Me. I don't know. I honestly can't remember all the details, but it had to do with a ball and throwing the ball up in the air and something about spelling the word Spud. Um, but I remember playing that a lot. <laughs> that sounds vaguely familiar, but yeah, I don't I remember I don't playing remember. that. Yeah. <laughs> I remember playing that a lot in the yard uh-huh. and just random games like that. Um, and I think those are those are probably my like happiest and most notable memories. So what I love about what you just said, and here's what I heard um, was the importance <clears throat> of having space to just be a kid. Yes. You yes. Know what I mean, it's like 100%. Like, and, but I, and I think that that's, that sounds so simple, but, and I love that you alluded to this. There is some of that that has gone away. Like I look at friends of ours who have kids and I think two things, number one, it must be hard in today's world to give kids space to be kids. Yeah. Because there is so much we want to insulate them from and isolate them from and protect them from. But at the same time, like that is so important to have have the space to be a kid. Yeah. 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 Yep. In um, one way or another. Or, you know, more. But... This podcast sponsored by the game Spud. <laughs> Go online and find it at Spud. No, I'm just um, <laughs> dream, dream podcast sponsorship. Um, okay. The next one. Um, this... This is a question I almost didn't ask, but I, I this is important to me because I feel like this is a little bit selfish I'm asking this. One <laughs> of the things that you are open about is ADHD. Yes. Uh, you have even helped me um, better understand what that is and what that's not. Um, you you share, have shared a lot about that. It's been super eye-opening to me. As somebody who is diagnosed with ADHD who, who lives with this, what is, 
something that is misunderstood about ADHD or about people who who have this? There are so many things. Sure. Um, and and I I misunderstood a lot of them before getting diagnosed because my diagnosis was kind of a surprise. Um, I went in uh, to speak with a psychiatric APRN because I um, had been diagnosed with or treated for um, postpartum anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the medications that I was on just weren't they were calming some things down, um, but they weren't doing anything to address like the the things that I felt were causing my anxiety, which had to do with just mostly like racing thoughts and and feeling like I I couldn't control or compartmentalize or or focus on any of my thoughts Hmm. very well um and and that was causing my anxiety um and so i went in and talked to him and i had like an hour-long appointment and he asked some questions that i was so confused as to why he was asking them at this appointment about anxiety like about high school and college courses and how i did with lectures and what it was like doing homework Mm. and i was like what does this have to do with postpartum anxiety (laughs) and at the end of the appointment he was like so you are anxious (laughs) um but i think you have adhd um and i was that on your radar before was that like even something you thought i mean Honestly, I probably like joked about it. Sure. At, from time to time, but I wouldn't. I I wouldn't have like guessed that I would have actually gotten that diagnosis. Yeah. Um. So he he kind of gave that like pre-diagnosis, and then I had um a couple other appointments that like confirmed that. Um. And I got diagnosed with combined type ADHD. Um. And <clears throat> after getting the diagnosis, well, really after getting the pre-diagnosis, I immediately started doing my own research um he gave me some literature and i did did my own personal research and just the more i read the more i was like oh yeah yep yep Hmm. okay yep (laughs) that explains that wow um and i sent (laughs) i sent screenshots to like other people um like to to Dusty, my husband, and uh, my mom, and my older brother, and I was just like, I, this, this feels really familiar. Wow. <laughs> um, and I read um, some books, and I dove into some of the, like, psychology aspects of ADHD, and just tried to understand it more as, throughout the diagnostic, diagnostic process and afterwards. Um, uh so misunderstanding wise, I just like I was definitely one of those people who when I heard ADHD, I thought like elementary and teenage boy with a lot of energy that has a hard time sitting still. Right. Um, and squirrel. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, you know, the more I learned about it and then just reflected on my own life and how I process things the more I realized that it it has to do with like every aspect of how you think and react and 
uh, process and learn um, and emote. Um, so, you know, I did, I did have a hard time, you know, sitting still a little bit in school, um, and with, with movements and stuff and like, you know, doing things with my hands. Mm -hmm. But I think as a girl, I, you know, we were not supposed to do that. It was more expected of boys, but it was less expected of girls. So that kind of stuff, I feel like I hit a little bit, but I, I, talked a lot um and I I joked about being Gabigail yeah yeah I Gabigail that was that was that was one of my nicknames and my mom still reminds me of that when I when I feel overwhelmed with Lyra talking and I'm like oh she talks all the time mom says do you remember (laughs) remember being called Gabigail here's why um and and you know I was talking to Sherry about the fact that like I I, I did quite well in school grade-wise. Um, it was really great at taking tests, usually because I would, you know, look at the information for that test, like, the morning of or the night before. I'd fill my brain with it. I'd take the test, and then five minutes after the test, it was gone. Yeah. Um, unless I was really passionate about it. Like, when I'm really passionate about it, I, I can remember almost every detail. Um, but then, like, homework... I had a really, really hard time doing homework, and I always felt really bad about that. I, I felt like the procrastinator and the lazy kid, um, but it was one of those things that, and, and you can, you learn a lot about this when you start researching ADHD, but um, with procrastination and and what uh, is often referred to as task paralysis, if there's something that that has to be done um, and you are not motivated by, oh, there's a couple specific things that they say motivate people with ADHD. If you're not motivated like by, by passion or, or reward or um, one of the big things is, you know, like time frame. Like if you tell me that something is due two months from now, it means nothing to me. Yeah. Absolutely nothing. When it comes down to two days before it's due, that's when I'm like, okay, maybe I should start thinking about this. And then yeah. 10 minutes before it's due, I'm like, oh, crap, let's get this done. And you're going to get some of the best work I've ever done. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, you know, I don't know. It's, and there's, there's a lot of things about how you process emotions um, how you react and respond to things like the impulsivity is not just, you know, movements, but it's, I, I, I word vomit. And then I, you know, a couple minutes later, think about the fact that I just said something out loud that really didn't need to be said out loud. Not necessarily <laughs> that like was inappropriate, but that just didn't need to come out of my mouth. Sure. Um, impulsive movements impulsive actions i was talking to adam about how a lot of times when things kind of feel out of control or when i don't have a good handle on my emotions or thought process i will impulse like shop and then right after be like what when did i end up buying a set of pots and pans right i don't need this um and yeah and like how how we process emotions most people not most people so it's common with adhd to have very big 
emotions, um, but not necessarily be able to process those well. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's been one thing that I've really worked on myself, aside from everything else, is processing and reacting and responding to emotions. Um, uh, you know, for myself and my kids, because my my daughter, I she'll get screened for ADHD soon. Um, and I won't be surprised with a diagnosis. Um, so seeing that in her, um, has really motivated me to work on those things in myself. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's one of the biggest, the, the main misconceptions is that it's mostly about like, um, high energy and, you know, not being able to focus and, those are just such small aspects. And the thing is, I not being able to focus is, you know, sometimes it's hard for me to focus, but other times I am honed in, mm-hmm. over-focused on, on something that, you know, uh, just can't think about anything else until this one thing is done. Um, yeah, so there's been, there's been a lot, but a lot that I've learned, but the biggest misconception is, is that, that stereotypical like you know 1990s teenage boy or or little kid in class who just can't sit still um and it's just so much more than that i think that you have helped me um paint a different picture of what adhd is because i think for me uh, going to a lot of what you just said i it was just something we kind of always joked about. It's like, oh, I couldn't stay focused. I must have ADHD. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's like we just, it's almost like when we have, we have a friend, Jordy, uh, who is blind. And Jordy has helped me understand that when I'm like, when the sun is shining in my eyes, I'm like, oh, I'm blind. Right? We almost just like say things. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not understanding what it really means. And for me, ADHD has been one of those. But then, um, there, even as you and I have talked about this a lot, I've started to see things in my own past or my own life or my own actions or emotions that it's like, oh, like there, maybe that's, maybe there's an explanation for this stuff. Um, And it has, I I don't know that I ever would have pursued a diagnosis. And Sherry, you've talked to me a lot about this. Like you might want to like consider it might not be ADHD <laughs> but it also might be yeah. asking I, about it's worth it's, it's worth looking yes. into and that's the thing that I think yep. I have I have learned is that oh this is this is worth looking into and whether it is or whether it's not it's helped you've helped me reframe what ADHD uh not just looks like but what it really is yeah um and it, what it doesn't look like and what yeah, it doesn't, what look, it doesn't like. look like yeah. I, I think that that's the thing mm-hmm. is just like you're exactly right <laughs> Nice cough, Sherry. Um, we, we, we do you have this. We've been eating chocolate. Yeah, that's right. We're talking about that on the podcast. How chocolate makes Sherry's throat tickle. It's so strange. Um, but yeah, you it's you really helped me. Your honesty of your journey has helped me look at my journey in a different light. Yeah. Well, um, I think there's something important to me has has been has also been looking at the like positives of ADHD. Yep. Um, and there is positives. Like hyper focus is not always a bad thing um and Mm. i i have a very high iq um Mm -hmm. i'm hilarious so that's another positive yeah i'd argue argue one of the top two funniest people in this room right now yeah you're you're up there there. (laughs) and there's three of us 
Hey, wait. <laughs> <laughs> Sherry just realized oh, who number three man. is. <laughs> 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 That's why I'm the funniest. Well, wait. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yep, you both got it. Hang on. Welcome. Yeah, welcome, everybody. Oh, um, okay. All right, Sherry, moving on to the next question. Because the next two were me. Were you? Yeah. What is your dream vacation? Oh, um, you know, <clears throat> I, I, at the beginning of last year, I would have said Ireland. That was always my dream vacation. Um, for as long as I can remember into, you know, middle school or early high school, uh, you know, and now I've been to Ireland, mm-hmm. um, and a, a pretty long trip to Ireland. Um, how long were you all there? We were over there for two weeks. Um, and we were in Ireland for all but three days of that. Mm-hmm. We were, we were in London for three days, three whole days. Um, so yeah, most of two weeks we were in Ireland. Amazing. Um, and honestly, like if I could do anything, like if, if it was truly like pick your adventure, um, it would probably be a, a pretty extended European kind of hop around. Mm-hmm. Um, but not in a touristy way Hmm. like there i would want to see as much of europe as i could um in the least touristy ways possible mostly because i was just so intrigued by the things that were exactly as i expected over there in both ireland and london and things that were just really surprising um i'm i'm not a beach vacation person Mm -hmm. i don't i don't want to go to the beach um i i i would like to go you know see the beach walk on the beach for a little bit and then be done with it (laughs) i don't want to go sit on the beach all day i don't want to spend a couple weeks on a beach vacation i don't that that doesn't appeal to me um i also you know am not the person who really wants to go to like machu picchu or you know like i you know I could go for a, a big hiking or super adventurous outdoorsy vacation for a few days, but it wouldn't be what I wanted to do long term. Yeah. But um, just trotting around Europe and seeing as much of it as I could uh, like in the least touristy way possible, like the, the parts that not everyone already knows everything about. Mm-hmm. I, lo- I love that. That's that was great. one of our favorite things about um, about Ireland was that we did it on our own mm-hmm. and that we felt like we got to see because to me when you get to see what a daily life looks like what is the routine of people yes. who live there you know what I mean like yeah. like Absolutely. not just like oh beautiful museum cool things to do that kind of stuff but like what does life look like for people who are living here yeah um, and I feel like I feel like doing Europe that way and getting to experience what life is like in different locations and cultures and places. Yeah. What a dream that would be. Absolutely. One of my favorite stops in Ireland was in, um, Hollywood, just outside of Wicklow mountain national park. Um, and we stayed at a little cottage that was actually like the guest house, like a, a, a guest house suite, um, off of somebody's 
like everyday house. Yeah. Um, and they lived out on a farm with, with all sorts of Ireland views out in the open. And it was in the middle of nowhere um, in Hollywood, a tiny little town. Um, and they, we were woken up every morning by their chickens and roosters and got to go, you know, see some of their sheep and they brought us fresh goat's milk or sheep's milk, sheep's Mm, milk, um, and fresh eggs each morning. And we went to the local, uh, one of the local restaurants, there was only a couple and the local like pub and just hung out with the people who actually lived in this tiny town because there was not a lot of tourists and we even asked them do you get a lot of tourists here um and you know they said some but not you know maybe a a couple here and there or a couple each week but it's not like hordes of them like some of the other places and i i really enjoyed that i felt like i felt like we were really in ireland experiencing true ireland true ireland Mm -hmm. and and um and that was just one little place. And I know every place is a little bit different. Yeah. And so just being able to see more of that, not just in Ireland, but in various places, I think that would mm. be great. I love that. You do know that Hollywood's in California, though, right? <gasps> oh, man. Yeah, you, you might have <laughs> just gone to California. <laughs> to California. Yeah, I don't know that Dang it. Was, it. I, just, you got off on your layover accident. Why did they my passport? It's like, yeah. it's, why did you expect a big Hollywood sign in Ireland? Wow. That's weird. A lot more popular. Ireland that looks a lot That more... was a really expensive trip to California. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. right. <laughs> um, okay, my next question is what is your dream vocation? Oh, um, well, right now I am, I, I went back to school um and i'm getting my degree in psychology um uh in cognitive brain sciences and child and family psychology um and kind of the path that i would like to take with that is after i get my bachelor's i'd like to um move into like the like the clinical side of it um well not clinical um, I would like to, you know, work in kind of a general therapy setting to, mm-hmm. to get that initial experience. Um, and then at some point I would like to work in schools and eventually after getting my master's and or doctorate, uh, I would like to get both, but at some point I would like to take it and use, use the education in psychology and hopefully education um to work on curriculum development and the it's kind of hard to explain what i'd like to use it for um (laughs) curriculum development and equity in education Hmm. um not just in what what students have access to as far as education materials and um, being able to be taught in a way that works for them or in ways that work for everyone. Um, well, that's actually the best way I can explain it. Yeah. Um, yeah making sure that, that schools have systems and um, practices in place that allow all students to learn in a brain-based way that 
you know, lets them meet their potential. Um, mm. Because I think that opportunity is really missed. Um, you know, there are some students that get that get pulled out and you can't do that with every student and the rest is just uh very old yeah if that makes sense the mm -hmm. the curriculum and the um instructional practices are very old um like outdated outdated yeah mm -hmm. um and i would like to work with that in a in a in a brain-based way that also addresses the psychology, like the psychological differences in students. Um, but I think a big part of eventually doing what I really, really want to do, which is very niche, um, is going to be spending a lot of time in um, more clinical therapy settings and school therapy and psychology. Hmm. Um, so that'll that'll be the bulk of you know what I do before I eventually, hopefully, do what I want to do. Um, and I don't know. I mean, you know what? Part of me says I don't. I don't know how possible that's going to be, but you know, it is possible. I just don't know exactly where I will land within that realm, if well, that makes sense. It it does, and I love um, a, a few things in this. That when we ask you like what your dream vocation is, it's something that you're actively taking steps toward. Like some people, it's like, what's your dream vocation? And it's like, I want to own a jet ski business in the Caribbean. It's like, well, what do you do now? <laughs> I'm an accountant in Des Moines. It's like, okay, like, wow, there's a disconnect here. But it's like, your dream vocation is something that you are actively working toward. And mm -hmm. it, I mean, we didn't plan this because we didn't tell you the questions, but our next question <laughs> is actually, we wanted to talk about the fact that you have made the decision to go back to school Yep. Um, as a mom with two kids Yep. and a very busy life already. Yep. Um, that is, I think some people would get to the place and say that season of life has passed for me. Yeah. Like that's, that's, that was, I, maybe if I had thought of this six years ago, maybe if I'd done this before kids, maybe if I had whatever, um, what kind of tips or advice would you have for people, for moms who are in a similar situation, who are thinking about taking that step, but like, that's really, it feels overwhelming and scary. Um, so honestly, I, I wouldn't say that it is like important to try to do that just for the sake of doing it. Um, and if it does feel big and scary, um, you know, that, that can be overcome with honestly just steps of doing it. But if it feels big and scary because you have no idea what you want to do, right? I'm not going to advocate for just going back to school to go to school yeah so i'm just good. not i i i and that's why i didn't go for a long time i'm never gonna be i'm never gonna be the person that tells anyone uh you know you should really go to school to get a degree a degree is important just for the sake of having a degree and honestly but you know in some aspects it is because in a lot of fields and a lot of jobs you can probably get paid a little bit more for having a degree but in the grand scheme of 2024 going to school just to get a degree might end up costing you a lot more money than it's going to make you yeah until a certain point um so you know i would say make sure you figure out either either what you want to do for a living or a general direction of that 
or just what you're really passionate about. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, but don't work too hard to figure that out. Um, because I feel like I spent a lot of time for a lot of years trying really hard to figure out what I was passionate about. And I went through a lot of different things <laughs> and a lot of, a lot of different experimental projects, um, and, and jobs and, and stuff like that, that, just they weren't a waste of time they helped me eventually get to that but um it it kind of just dawned on me um and I think my getting diagnosed with ADHD and then doing so much research on it and realizing that I really enjoyed learning about that um and other aspects that went with that and learning more about my own mental health and cognitive processes and the way that I learn and the way that I responded to things, um, that, that really triggered the, you know, knowing what I want to do that, that combined with the fact that I am, uh, you know, uh, a helper at heart. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, one day I just, I just kind of, it just dawned on me. I was like, I, I really enjoy this. I'm really passionate about it. I, basically evaluate everyone that I meet (laughs) hopefully not in a weird way um and and I'm naturally a helper and when I thought about combining those two things um I thought about you know going into psychology and then I I thought about a lot of the passions that I have in um education and learning in general um yeah. I love that you addressed, <clears throat> um, if you're considering doing this, you addressed not to basically like push aside the obligation that you are supposed to, or you should do this, like focus more on the, why are you doing this? Like the, the reason you'd be doing this, what is the, what is the, the dream you're hoping to accomplish? What is yeah. the goal? What is the vision? What is the, the, where's the passion in this? Yeah. Not just the obligation in this. Yeah. Well, I spent a lot of years thinking about that. Like I should have a degree. I should, you know, this, that, and the other. But, you know, when I would think about going back to school, I would be like, well, I could go into nursing. I could go into this. Maybe I should just do this. But all of those things just felt very obligatory. Hmm. Um, and I really think that's why I never pulled the trigger. Again, I, you know, that's ADHD motivated by passion and intrigue. Um, and I just, you know, seemed like a waste of time and money. And it probably would have been. Yeah, totally. Would've been a, I would I would have been a good nurse, but I would have not liked it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, I would not like it either. <laughs> <laughs> also, you said you evaluate everybody that you meet, and now I'm nervous. So Oh, yeah. There's oh, I've, that I've evaluated too. both of you already. Oh. Well, <laughs> cool. Well, then we're right. going to quickly move on to the next question and not, and not hang out there at all. Because that sounds terrifying. That's going to be after the podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's, we will discuss. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> That's next week's episode. Abs- Let me tell you about all your issues that I have uncovered. <laughs> here's the, here's there the are many. I was, I was just going to say, I'm not sure the podcast can go that long. Um, okay, next question. We only have two left. Um, speaking into, so this question is now moving to another uh, aspect of who you have been or like parts, 
things that you have done. Mm -hmm. uh, you've worked in gyms. You've been involved in like fitness industry. Yep. You've played sports. <laughs> in fact, I'm pretty sure the first thing I ever knew, because bef before I went down to Indiana and like met all of the family at the first family gathering I was at, Sherry and I had this conversation about like, okay, who the heck am I going to meet? <laughs> Who's who? Who's who? <laughs> and I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure the first thing I knew about you is this is my cousin, Abby. She plays soccer. Like that was like, that was the, like you were soccer Abby. Yep. Um, soccer Abby. Soccer Abby. And uh, so you've worked in gyms, fitness industry, sports, all that kind of stuff. For people who want to take a first step into living a healthier life or being a healthier person, but that can feel so overwhelming because it's like, crap, I got to get the right diet. I've got to be at the gym seven days a week. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. And it's so overwhelming that a lot of times we just stop and do nothing. Yep. Right? <clears throat> what is something that people can take a first step into wanting to be healthier that they can actually do? Uh, small steps, small choices hmm. at a time. Um, and I, that, you know, that's not just a like, I've been in the industry. This is what I feel like works. This is what I tell people. But yeah personal experience yeah um like after you know, having two kids and eventually realizing like oh i feel like crap i feel sluggish i need to get back into something and trying to go gung-ho like shifting my whole diet my whole exercise routine and then just failing mm -hmm. or being miserable um uh, just starting small like if you if you drink a lot of soda maybe switch to something else uh you know, if, if you want to be more active, go for a walk, um, you know, whatever, but also not approaching it with any sort of a, um, vanity viewpoint yeah. at all. Um, like making sure that you're, you're doing it for health reasons, physical and mental, emotional, um, and doing it because you want to, um, because if you don't want to, or there's any like I don't know I've I've found that that the people that I see live the healthiest lives they're usually making those choices because they enjoy the ways that they've made those choices hmm. they've made them one step at a time and they've found ways to do it that work for them so like don't go join a gym if you hate being at a gym and if you feel really uncomfortable being around all those people at the gym, get a app or go for walks or go swimming or whatever movement feels good yeah. to you. Um, I think I saw someone on Instagram one time talk about um, exercise and movement. And she said the first step is moving, finding some sort of movement that you enjoy, that feels good. And it doesn't have to be intense. It doesn't even have to really get your heart rate up that much. Just find some sort of movement that you enjoy. And then once you've found that movement, you've kind of gotten into a groove of doing that. Take it up a notch and do it in a way that challenges you a little bit. Um, and in a way that you can make routine. And then once you've done that, if you're, if you're wanting to move further and make it a like fitness thing, do it in a way that really pushes you a little bit and then it becomes you know like an exercise workout routine but the first step is just movement and that's not that's not even just a physical health realm but a mental emotional yeah. one as well um, but honestly I just it, the the smaller choice you can make at a time the better because 
trying to make big shifts in that at once usually ends up in burnout and failure, like a lot of things. And I think that that's not, it's also not sustainable. No. You know, it's like it could produce quick, short-term dramatic results, but down the road, when you exactly said, when you burned out, you just default to what you've known because what you did wasn't sustainable. Yeah. And, and we've seen, we've even seen that on our journey. Yeah. Where it's like we've had great results for short periods of time and then eventually it's like, man, I just can't keep doing that. Right. Yeah. Like, oh. I just, I just want this one damn chocolate bar. Yeah. I guess I've cut out all sugar forever and I just, yeah. I can't do it. And then I just eat every piece of sugar in the house because I am over it. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I also, well, so, damn. <laughs> I think, I think a big aspect of, you know, being successful in a, a, quote unquote healthy life is not cutting out all things that that bring you joy and satisfaction um Mm -hmm. whether that whether that be sugar or or another food or a activity or whatever it is like if you're if you are depriving yourself completely and saying you cannot have this that and the other um because it's bad that's not going to be sustainable and that's also just going to be a life where you're removing potential joy like something that 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 i don't know brings you pleasure Hmm. um and yeah i think i think it's important to have those i don't i i certainly don't cut out sweets and chocolate i did at one point in my you know fitness health journey i i i was you know eat this, eat this, eat this, this amount of calories, this amount of protein, you know, uh, counting my macros and all that stuff. And then when I would have my quote unquote cheat day, it was like an entire seven people's worth of sweets and junk. And it wasn't even enjoyable. Like it was just, I was eating it just because I could, or just because I hadn't had it all week. Um, so yeah. And I, like I said, I don't think that just applies to food. I think I think it's important to have things that you enjoy eating or doing or, you know, holistic health. Yeah. I, I, this last few days while you've been with us, I have enjoyed watching you. So you primarily eat vegetarian, veggie, vegan, but not necessarily like legalistic about it. Right. However, but even when talking about that, the reason you talk about why you do that is about the fact that you've you've just paid attention to your body and how your body reacts and responds to certain things yes and you've said that i've just noticed that when i eat this way i just feel better yes like when i eat when i eat much meat at all i i don't feel great um and i i don't particularly have a problem with people eating meat um, I think it's way over consumed in mm-hmm. the country, and I think a lot of the meat that we eat is crap. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I I choose to to not eat it because it just yeah it makes me feel better. Yeah, and so I, I love that just paying attention to your body, like what different diets, different approaches, different all that stuff. The fads, obviously, in in this area, there's a lot of those. Um, but like, what's the thing ultimately that makes your body feel better? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when you first asked that question in my head, I was like, is he asking for like one specific tip on no. diet or exercise? And I don't have those for you because yeah. it's very different for everyone. Yeah. Um, like I think back to when I was doing training and nutritional advice and I would give people like these tips on food and 
and exercise. And looking back, I was like, well, that actually might not have been great for them. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you just can't. I feel like I can't give anyone nutrition tips or exercise tips because I just feel like over the years I've learned that the most important thing is just doing what makes you feel good Hmm. holistically like mentally physically emotionally addressing all of those things I love it last question we're going to stay on the food topic Sherry what's the last question what is the best meal you've had since you've been in Alaska Hmm. we've had we've eaten out almost exclusively because one of the things that sherry and i love when they visit when people visit alaska is like we just have all these places that we love that we want to take them right and and we want you to see kind of a piece of our life and so we take you to like our favorite places and so best meal you've had oh man um so i would say either where is it that we went last night oh south south that was incredible um, the tart tatan tatan tat yeah tatan tate that one yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll just go all through of those, all of the all pronunciations of the and yep. it's it's a pick your own adventure um that was amazing it was really simple but the flavors were fantastic mm-hmm. and the the presentation was it was beautiful top beautiful. notch yeah um so either that or <clears throat> whiskey and ramen was fantastic that was that was better than i expected oh um because when i i think when i asked you to go there i wasn't necessarily not eating that's right meat at all yep. um so i was kind of like i could you know there's a lot of ways that i could go with this and i wouldn't if there's a lot of like meat chunks in it i would uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> i've said chunks on a yeah, yeah. oh don't worry i'll, I'll, I'll i thought we even post this podcast everyone listening just stopped sponsored by meat chunks now <laughs> but the the vegan ramen that i had was absolutely phenomenal and um the cocktails were great yeah um the atmosphere was really cool and yeah, I think it was between between those two things, probably. I'm gonna add a little bonus question: Is there anything that, anywhere that we took you that were like, Ugh, place was mm. garbage. Uh, Maybe you couldn't have gone there. Uh, um, does your house count? Because yes. the food here was terrible. Yeah, <laughs> and all of the meals that we had here. Yeah. We, we literally had none. Except for donuts. Golden donuts. We did have, yeah, it was donuts. still brought in from the outside. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you did have avocado toaster for this morning. Oh, that's right. We, we did have avocado toast. Was that toast. the worst meal that you Yeah, had? the avocado toast. I don't think there was anything that I did you not. You were not going to offend us. I don't think there was anything that I did not enjoy. Okay. Well, I, I actually have one last question oh. for, for the two of you. Oh, mm-hmm. no. Um, so, as somebody who has entered the Amstutz family not by birth but by marriage and has understood you chose to join this family (laughs) Uh, that's a whole nother podcast uh family next podcast bad choices adam has made yeah that's right uh there are some things that i have learned about about your family many Uh things i have learned about your family but one of the things and you all talked about this earlier is that family gatherings are a big part of the amstutz family 
Mm-hmm. Like y'all do family gatherings. It's it's a big thing. Mm-hmm. And at family gatherings, and I did see this, and Abby, you've referenced this dozens of times <laughs> since you and I have been talking. There's an important part of oh, family gatherings, and that is the dessert table. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so at, oh, that's not the direction I thought you were going to go. Oh, no. I thought it was going to be the hymn singing. Could have oh, gone. Could have oh, gone a few ways. Oh, we'll talk about hymn sings. Um, at, on the on dessert the first table. Day of Christmas. Okay. Gonna, that's how we're going to end the podcast with thirty. 30 minutes of hymn sings. Grab your instruments, kids. Um, on the Amstutz family dessert table, uh-huh. what's the thing that you go to? Was there one family dessert that you always were like, I've got to get there quick because I've got to get Grandma Juju's red velvet <laughs> cake. I don't know. Come on. Lulu. Whatever. Um, <laughs> Grandma Juju. <laughs> Cut me some slack. I'm new here. It's only been 18 years. <laughs> Um, hmm. I, you're going to hate this answer. Don't. If you say sugar cream pie, I'm going to push you off the chair. <laughs> I'm going to say. No. Sugar cream, cream pie. Oh. Here's really? the thing. Yeah. I'm a big. We talked about this. Um, Vanilla. Everything about me is vanilla. And I love vanilla. And it's essentially vanilla custard. But it's not even pie. very vanilla. It's oh. like essence of vanilla. <laughs> Listen, LaCroix. It's the LaCroix of pies. It's the LaCroix of pies. <laughs> so sugar cream pie is the official pie of Indiana. Yeah. And I had heard so much about the sugar cream pie before I went. And you were so excited to try I, it. It sounds great. The name is wonderful. Sugar, sugar and cream, cream pie sounds great. Mm, delicious. And I remember having the first piece of being like... Her? Her? Is it? Is that, is that did, it? did I miss a topic? Hey, yeah, there supposed to be, this isn't, like, is there supposed to be something on this? This isn't what it's supposed to taste like, right? Am I being pranked? Where's Ashton? Where's like, Ashton? No, I, I do actually enjoy sugar cream pie. Wow. I know. Um, and it's probably just the deep-seated Hoosier in me. Okay. Um, but I do love sugar cream pie, so I would generally gravitate toward that however my mother almost always brought a chocolate mayonnaise cake i don't even know what that is the most midwest thing <laughs> i'm gonna be really honest i don't remember that and i've probably eaten lots of it and <laughs> it was essentially I chocolate did not cake. know that it if was you mayonnaise were, if you were eating <laughs> chocolate cake it had a lot of all my it. dessert choices <laughs> at the gatherings um, <laughs> my mom's Chocolate mayonnaise cake is actually quite delicious. Wow. Um, and so I would usually get sugar cream pie and the chocolate cake. So Sherry picked the two worst items. <laughs> oh, sugar cream pie and mayonnaise cake. Yum. <laughs> it wasn't mayonnaise cake. It was chocolate mayonnaise to finish, mayonnaise to finish off my ham loaf lunch. I wish. <laughs> I did have a lot of ham loaf. Sugar cream pie and mayonnaise cake. <laughs> Oh my gosh! You're not selling the dessert table, no, Sherry. I, I really hope that Abby can redeem this right. because right now the answer is dessert table. Let's hear. I don't, I don't even know if I can because I just I just went to the dessert table and grabbed like one of everything. Ah, just graced. Mm. And uh, s- sorry to any family that's listening, but n- nothing was particularly notable uh, <laughs> that I that, that, that I liked. I notably didn't like sugar cream pie, yeah. um, and now I'm going to make sure I ask about mayonnaise. Yeah. But there was, there was, they were really, 
basic desserts. Um, yeah, and that, I just well, yeah, there wasn't ever anything the fact like that there fancy. was lots of them, and it was usually fudge, and I liked fudge. And my dad, my dad did uh, get to a point at some point. Um, this was later on where he brought like every year he brings a basically homemade candy bar dish, and it's like peanuts um, and caramel, like a um, Babe Ruth yeah bar. Uh-huh. Covered in a thick layer of chocolate. I feel like honestly, I never saw that. It's so honestly kind of hard to bite. After um, me. But you're, once you bite it, it tastes good. You branch out. I hate you. Yeah, I don't, I, you we, <laughs> we talk about the dessert table a lot. You, you and I have had several conversations about the dessert table. But honestly, there, there wasn't like a dessert that I was excited about. I was just excited about the fact that there was always a dessert table. And it had there lots of things. There was an entire things. dessert table that was bigger than like the food table. Yep. Well, yep. Yeah. And I actually remember, I actually remember <laughs> the, the, the first family gathering I went to was at your parents' house in Fort Wayne. And I remember the, like, the setup of it and even, like, the placement of things. Mm -hmm. And they're just being, (laughs) for the number of people that were there, a ridiculous amount of desserts. It's it's pretty much, everyone. We like our desserts. Everyone says what they're going to bring for the meal. And then a couple people say they're going to bring dessert, but everyone actually ends up bringing desserts. Usually multiple (laughs) desserts. And so everybody brings a dish for the meal and everybody brings at least two desserts. (laughs) And so it was, there was always a lot of dessert. Gosh. Yep. The food is always always good too. One of each, one of each, except except sugar cream pie and now mayonnaise mayonnaise cake. Mayonnaise cake. Mm, cake. (laughs) You know you're from the Midwest. Hi, uh, hi, can I ask is what? here has mayonnaise yeah <laughs> actually can we just do ingredient lists <laughs> if i'm honest listening to this she's offended right now but it was delicious it was, denise i probably was loved too- your mayonnaise cake until now yep oh my gosh well that that's all of our questions uh yeah. abby we have had the most fun with you being here last yeah i've had a great time I'm so glad that we I've, could actually like I've, hang out as peers. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. That's been that's been wonderful. I, and and I told Adam today. Sherry was working today, so yeah. It, you know, end of the trip conversation. Didn't hear as much of it till now, but I have really enjoyed the just free flowing conversation and laughter. Yeah, it's been it's been you know, there's been adventures and getting to see and experience a lot of things Alaska, but the the biggest and probably most notable and enjoyable part to me has just been good conversation. Yeah. I do wish we would have had you two do a puzzle just for old time's sake. <laughs> just for like the first time you met, did a puzzle, shared some mayonnaise cake, had a sugar cream pie. Sure. It would have been delicious. <laughs> it would have been just a nice. I'd be real honest. I would have put down one piece and been like, done. Sherry would be used to that because that's how, I that's how I did those puzzles. It was funny. Lottie was like, I, I got so much. What's I put, next? I put two yeah. pieces together. You're welcome. You got the other 998. It was funny. I think it was yesterday. Sherry, we were in the living room having a conversation or doing something. And she was like, oh, you two are the same person. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, you're well, the same. no, no. What happened was there was exactly two seconds of quiet. And they both clicked their tongue at the same time he clicked his tongue and i snapped simultaneously (laughs) and we both looked at each other and we were like it was too quiet yeah (laughs) there needed to be noise 
So, and I was like, oh, you're the same person. All right. Friends, thank you for listening. <laughs> I will say, I think our plan, because I really love the AMA approach when we, we want, we want to have guests on the podcast more often. Yeah. And I think this is a fun way to get to know, um, other people. Yeah. I, I think so this. too. So hopefully we do more of these in the future. Friends, we love you. Thanks for listening to the Lug Life podcast. We'll see you next week. Bye. 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 <laughs>